It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. In fact, I was just looking at the numbers. Locked on Packers is in the top 15 of football podcasts on iTunes in America. So how about that? Cheesehead Nation, we out here. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. This is such a great time of year. I know it hasn't been a lot of positivity, <laughs> but we are going to do our best to bring you the information that you need as we get set for what is going to be a very unique offseason given the world climate that we live in and everything going on around COVID-19, how it affects the offseason. We're going to talk a little bit about the plan. Matt LaFleur gave us some insight in his post-draft press conference about that, but that's not what we're here today to talk about. We'll get to that at the end of the show. We're here today to talk about Jordan Love, and I talked to Gary Anderson, his head coach last year at Utah State. Yes, that Gary Anderson, Badger fans will remember. And he was the guy who oversaw the dip in Jordan Love's play. And he talks about the reasons for that. And you'll also hear from Matt LaFleur, from Brian Gutekinst, and Jordan Love himself about the kind of player the Green Bay Packers are getting. But in order to set up the Packers taking Jordan Love, let's go back to the combine when Matt LaFleur was asked about the quarterback position and he said, you know, we're, we're open to it. We'll never pass on the opportunity to get a franchise player. And he was asked, okay, what does that quarterback look like? Here's what he said. When I, when I look at quarterbacks, I want somebody that, from a talent perspective, that's a natural thrower and that is fearless. And what I mean by that is, is he going to stand in there and, you know, take one on the chin delivering the football? And then you have the element, can he create off schedule? So... And then you have, what are they all about as a person? Because I think a lot of times it's that internal wiring that really allows or helps a player reach their full potential. So there's so many facets to that. And I noted at the time, you know, that sounds like a word-for-word scouting report of Jordan Love, at least the things that he does well. And it, it made me wonder, it put my radar up a little bit. Here is, after the Packers drafted Jordan Love, 
Here is Brian Gudikins talking about love's traits, and notice the similarities in the language. He's a very natural thrower. Um, can make all the throws. He's a very good athlete. Um, he has the kind of size we look for, um, and I just think he's got. You know, he's he's. Uh, there's some rawness to him, but I think he's got everything in front of him, and we really like the guy. Uh, we think he's a really good kid and one um, to work, and um, he just kind of fits with our culture. I think his ability to create um, kind of second chances uh, when things break down uh, is one of the things that drew us to him. Both he and Matt LaFleur went on to note the ability for Jordan Love to make plays off-platform and, and that that was something that really drew their attention. When the play breaks down, this guy can make a play for you, whether it's with his arm or with his legs, and that's how Jordan Love describes himself. He's a playmaker. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a playmaker. Um, I'm always ready to make plays, um, you know, whatever is, whatever is needed. Um, you know, I got to... Uh, a really good arm, I'd say. Uh, a lot of confidence in that and just a lot of confidence in, um, you know, my ability to just make plays as a quarterback. And, uh, you know, I'm going to obviously come in here and work and just continue to get better um, and improve my game. Of course, this pick doesn't happen in a vacuum. And that is the big part that has Packer fans so riled up. There's a lot of media conversation about it. There are these criticisms. Don't the Packers need to win now? This is a move for the future, not the now. Well, the Packers and Brian Gutekunst understands that there is a balance here. You have to balance the short term and the long term. I can understand, you know, the fan base and people thinking kind of, why would you do this at this time? But I just think the value of our board and the way it's at, um, it was the best thing for the Green Bay Packers. And um, I mean, we're really excited to get Jordan here and, and, and get him into our system. So it was really just kind of how the board fell, you know. I mean, it was, um, you know, Obviously, if there was a you know a game changer type player that at another position we would seriously consider that, we didn't feel that there was. Um, so you know we took Jordan and uh, and we really oh, had to okay. do it. But, um, um, but yeah, I just I think you can, that you can make mistakes believing that you're one player away from anything. Even so, what about Aaron Rodgers? Isn't he going to be pissed? The Packers apparently believe he's going to be professional and do his job trying to win football games it's what you would expect him to do it's what you would hope he would do yeah like i said i mean aaron's been through a lot in his career and certainly he's been through a situation like this i think he's a, a, a pro's pro and he's he's playing for legacy type things here uh, not only in green bay for the national for the, the national football league historic type stuff so i know he's very very motivated and um again i don't you know i don't pursue this game this year And even though, let's be honest, that's a difficult line to walk for Matt LaFleur. He has to balance coaching his current quarterback and his future quarterback in the same room with each player understanding that's the deal. In my mind, I think Aaron is by far the best quarterback I've ever been around. And you could argue, I think he's he's the best to ever play the game. So I hope he can play until he decides he doesn't want to play anymore. And speaking of Rodgers, Jordan understands he has plenty to learn from the two-time MVP. I'm already knowing that I'll be able to, you know, learn a lot from, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's one of the greats of the game, um, you know, knows what he's doing, knows a lot, has a lot of knowledge. And, uh, you know, I'll be able to just sit behind him, pick his brain, and uh, just grow as a player and develop my game and um, just learn as much as I can from him. 
especially because there was that step back in 2019 from 2018. When asked about that, Jordan didn't make excuses. He didn't talk about the turnover in personnel. He put it on himself. Yeah, the difference, I mean, for me, obviously the interceptions went up. I was just trying to force balls and trying to do too much, you know, trying to trying to make plays when plays didn't need to be meet, needed um, and just forcing a lot of, you know, bad throws, bad decisions, and trying to force those balls in those tight windows when uh, you know, I could have just been checking it down and, and living to fight another day. And if you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where it all can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of millions of individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And text ALPL to 462-769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462-769 to find out. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, let's talk now to Gary Anderson, the Utah State head coach, formerly the Badgers head coach, also formerly the old Utah State head coach. He came back after a 2018 season for Jordan Love that basically got Jordan Love's coach at Utah State hired at Texas Tech. That's how good Jordan Love was in 2018. That's how good Utah State was in 2018. He took a step back. So let's figure out why that happened. And let's get some insight on what kind of person Jordan Love is. Matt LaFleur in his post-draft press conference talked about really liking the person. They loved the kid. That was the, the phrasing Brian Gutekunst used. They love the, the, the player, first of all, but they love the person. So I wanted to get a little bit more inf- insight from someone who had spent time around him. So we got his head coach from last year. Now, I do want to just give you a, a little bit of a heads up. The audio quality is not going to be what you're used to. This is quarantine, so we had to to be a little bit creative with how we put this together. But there's a lot of really good information in there. We cleaned the audio up as best we could. Um, I think after a minute or two, you'll get used to it. And there is a lot of good information in there. So hopefully we can 
move past the audio deficiencies and take the substance of what's being said here. You you won't remember this, but we we talked a few years back when you were at Wisconsin for a Sports Illustrated profile. So I just it, it's nice to talk to you again, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not you, especially under circumstances. Uh, look, good kid. Yeah, that's that's you know obviously what we're we're all trying to figure out here. Um, you know, we we get to watch him play. You get to talk to him. You get to be around him. So, tell me a little bit about about Jordan Love, the the guy. What was your first impression when you met him? Well, you know, he was. Uh, I always uh, I knew him from afar because I had a kid, Jason, was on the team here. Uh, when Jordan was young, so I had a little bit of a knowledge of him. Uh, but upon our return, it was, uh, you know, I saw a kid that came off an unbelievable year of football, very, very grounded, very excited about the future from, you know, a, a coaching standpoint, the ability for him to be able to build off the years that he had. Um, so that was kind of first impressions, just, you know, he was, he was uh, very focused and, clear real early he was a great team leader um past that you know he was uh became very obvious in our first off season that he was just that his leadership is not raw raw guy he's a very consistent guy he leads by example which is said you know so many times you hear that and we say that a thousand times that's really who jordan is he's uh and he's going to lead by example when he's in the facility he's going to lead by example quite frankly when he's outside the facility and i think he gained that respect of his team because he is a he's a self-made guy, and uh, you know it's, we're definitely a developmental program at Utah State, and he uh, he jumped into that, and he came in at whatever he weighed at the beginning. I've heard 156 pounds, I've heard 160 pounds, whatever it may have been. I don't know, I wasn't here, but uh, he looks the part now uh, for an NFL quarterback. With uh, and, and he and he made himself that way, but as a person, he grew up and I. Not to ramble on this part of it, but you know he's he's gone through a lot in his life, which has been obviously well documented. Now I think that's really helped Jordan understand, you know, what he wanted, where he wanted to go, and uh, he was driven to get to this point. Um, he has a, a tremendous, tremendous mom who is uh, just I mean, she's a she's a rock star in my opinion. Has been great for Jordan through this whole process. And then the last thing I would say to that is Jordan as a person is you know Jordan came out early. His communication with me through this whole process was fantastic. Uh, same with mom. It was never any hidden agenda. It was never, you know, trying to, uh, we got to do this, we got to do that. He had a team last year that he lost four all conference offensive linemen. He lost a tight end to the NFL. He lost a running back to the NFL. And he lost uh, about 75 to 80% of his production in the, uh, in the wide receiver situation that, that he had. And, you know, it went, uh, there was never a time where it was, what was me, you know, what's going on, bop, bop, bop. He had a new coordinator. He had a new head coach. He ground through it all. And at the end, the reason he wanted to go come out was because for Jordan Love, and this is my true belief and his communication with me was it was time um, for that next adventure. And Jordan didn't have, oh, I'm going to be a first-round draft pick. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It was, it's, it's, it's my time to go in the NFL. I don't care where I get drafted. Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to take my shot at it. Yeah, I think one of the things, and this will be a little bit more difficult for you because you weren't there in 2018 when when he had that great season. But um, you know, you mentioned all of the changeover. One of the things that stood out to me, I was actually just watching the BYU game, 
And it was remarkable how many times he would hit the top of his drop and he had to point. And I was like, okay, does that mean a guy is not in the right spot? I mean, so was was it the kind of thing where he's just trying to get everyone, you know, situated and everyone on the same page and that's just a work in progress that takes time, especially with, you know, 19, 20 year old kids? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I could really answer that that part of the question. I know our offense is, you know, was designed around around Jordan. Um, we did have two transfer receivers come in and, and did really good things for us. Um, the offense was it was uh, simplistic by design, right? And so now his ability to walk, and I think this is going to be a huge positive for Jordan when he walks into to the to the NFL. Is there's a lot of learning um, that he gets to do under you know, a Hall of Famer and, and obviously a great coaching staff. So um, I don't know. I couldn't really get into the, the ifs and the buts and where he was throwing it and how he was going about it. And, uh, you know, he was he was very coachable from from our standpoint. He worked the sale off. And, uh, but I think it, it, the next step for him is going to be really, really positive from a learning standpoint because he's extremely, extremely intelligent. Um, he did have three coordinators here. And, uh you know, all really good coaches and all really successful coaches, but he did have three different uh, styles of coaching and three different styles of teaching um, and some tweaks in the offense as far as progression reads versus reading a side of the field and all that stuff that comes back with us. So he's, he's been exposed to different systems and ideas within a, a simplistic offense, which, you know, by design, you know, many of those offenses in, in college are designed that way to be simple and be fast, and you can't be complex and play fast. And our goal last year was to play fast, so that made it very simplistic. Um, but I think that's going to help him as he grows because he's been exposed to other quarterbacks, or excuse me, other coaches. And, uh, yeah. Tweak system. Yes. So if he said to you in this process, and maybe he did, in fact, I'd, I'd let, let's just start with that question. But if he if he came to you and said, Coach, what do I need to do to get better, to be the best version of Jordan Love in the NFL? First of all, did he ask you that? And if he did or didn't, what did, what would or did you say to him? No, he didn't ask me that. Um, not in any of those certain terms. You and our discussions were uh, much more around just you know handling the scenarios and the situations and the pressure. So, but if I did ask, if he did ask me that question, I would simply say to Jordan, if there's just going to be, I've never coached in the NFL. I, I see it from afar. Um, but you know, we if we just go back to you know Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a very was when we were there. I don't know. I'm sure it is with Coach Chris too, with what he does and how they control the run game and what have you with uh, all, all their offense that they have. Um, you know, the quarterback had to be a guy that could change things consistently at the line of scrimmage, whether it's the run game, whether it's checking a run to one side or the other, whether it's checking for the throw game and whatever it may be. Um, and my opinion and my guess is that it's even much more complex once you walk into uh, the NFL for most systems. That's just me thinking the way that I think about the NFL. Uh, so that I would tell him, Jordan, the biggest thing is going to be be a sponge, man. Um, this opportunity to get with Rogers, you kidding me, and be able to sit there for a couple of years, three years, five years, whatever it is behind that guy and be able to learn. Uh, what a what a tremendous opportunity for him. And that's what I would have just said to him. You know, be a, be a sponge. Uh, be ready when your number's called. Uh, you know, play great in the preseason. If you can when you get that opportunity, to play some great games. And, um, and you know, all the other stuff, you don't need to worry about him being a, an outstanding citizen. You don't need to, 
you'll understand very quickly that when you're a Green Bay Packer, you represent Wisconsin, you represent, you know, Packer Nation, um, and it's extremely powerful, and, and I'm sure he gets told that a lot, and they walk through all that, but he'll accept that and understand that and represent everybody very well. Yeah, I, I, one of the things that that you notice when you when you cut on the tape with Jordan is he can make plays that you just don't see a lot of guys make. And I'm I'm thinking of one in particular against LSU. He rolled to his right and made a, a throw down the seam, sort of f- falling to his right. And and I I was like that looked like Aaron Rodgers. And and there's there's so much of that. And then at times there's a oh he missed the underneath linebacker. I mean he he threw a pick against BYU twice, it looked almost the exact same. So yeah, those were both, yeah. go ahead. That just, I, I can visualize all three of those plays. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a play that I always remember is you can watch him throw, throw the seam ball from the off the hatch against Wyoming and it's an unbelievable. That's like, oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, he'll, he's got those, he's got those wild moments in you that it's like, holy cow, this kid can do some things. Um, in abnormal positions, abnormal pockets, uh, he's fantastic at that, and uh, you know he's he's uh, he runs good, uh, you know, good enough, and he's a big kid that uh, I think he plays great angles, and he'll learn those things. You know, he's yeah, obviously there's some throws that we all would like to take back and get back and whatever it may be, but he uh, he, he he can wow you, uh, and his opportunity. I think just this last year, there was, there was times when maybe Jordan did push a little bit, but why wouldn't he? I mean, how how couldn't he when he was trying to make the plays that he needed to make for his team to be able to win? And the ultimate thing I say that every interview that I ever say about him is watch the bowl game and watch how unselfish Jordan was, what Jordan was in the bowl game. He ran in the bowl game. He didn't have to. He didn't have to play, right? If he didn't want to play, he didn't have to play. He was still going to be a first-round pick, in my opinion. And he did not only did he want to play, but he ran more in that game than he ran probably in any other game the whole year to give his team an opportunity to be able to win. Because um, we had a heck of a time lock up. Uh, and uh, I think, again, that's, that's him. He, 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 can, he can do all those things, but you know, it's all going to be fast now, right? It's going to be bigger, faster, stronger in the league he's playing in now, but uh, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be excited about that. And when he makes those mistakes, you can see he'll come out and it doesn't change his game either, which I think is really important for a quarterback. Yeah, let, let's finish up here with this. Um, you know, obviously, you're not, you're not going to get to coach him next year. But if you were going to be his coach next year, let's say, you know, the Packers came to you and said, hey, coach, we, we'd like you to consult on this. Put put what what positions, you know, offensively in terms of scheme, the kind of things you'd ask him to do uh, would, would best suit his talents. You just get to from scratch say this is what we're going to do for Jordan. What does that look like? What are the positions you're putting him in to succeed? From an offensive standpoint? Yeah. That's what you're asking me? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's very well prepared and quite frankly excited to get into an offense to where uh, you know if he was here what we would have done is played much more like we played uh, at Utah State our first go around where we did put more on the quarterback and we asked him to go through his progression reads um, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a field based read offense at that point it was much more of a progression read um, allow him to have some freedom. At the, at the line of scrimmage, uh, like we did when we were here before, we had Chucky Keaton as he went through his progression. He had a little bit more opportunities and, you know, do those things, which he's going to need to do in the NFL. So he, he's great in the offense he plays here, right? And it is that system, and there's great coaches coaching that system. Um, I'm just a believer in when you have a guy like Jordan 
that can do so much. Let's do all we can to, first of all, surround him with great players, right? We all know that if he's not surrounded with great players, then uh, he's going to be an average quarterback, especially in the NFL from what I see in the NFL. Again, never coaching in it. But uh, uh, he's, he's ready to take the step of being uh, having more control, I would say, free snap in a football game. And I think that will be a great challenge for him and a and great opportunity to continue to grow in those areas. And he did a lot. He did some of that in, in the system. You know, he would change up routes and do things by basis on an off corner, an up corner, a, you know, too high or single high. But I think he's ready to take a big step in that area and grow. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you taking the time. You bet, man. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to finish up, as I I mentioned at the top of the show, the Packers are, in fact, already starting their virtual offseason, and they're allowed two hours in the classroom a day and two hours in the gym a day. Now, obviously, the facilities are not open, so players can't be training. Now, what you can have, though, is trainers, you know, video chats, those kinds of things. And what the Packers are focusing on is the classroom piece. So it sounds like they're going to trust the guys to work out and do the things that they need to be doing physically to get their bodies right, but mentally is what they're going to focus on. And, and LaFleur was asked, look, there, there were other teams that said, you know, we weren't going to do it. Go take care of yourself and, and be ready to go in August or July. Matt LaFleur said, we didn't think about that. We felt like in year two, there's a lot of things we can improve on, and we wanted to focus on those things. Get those guys in the classroom, especially the young players that you need to develop, and you want this offense to make that year two leap. You want the offense to make that Falcons-Matt Ryan 2016 leap. That's what you want this offense to be, especially if you don't want the fans to be real mad about this draft. You want Aaron Rodgers to be out there slinging darts to Devontae Adams and finding ways to make game-breaking plays with Aaron Jones. You get Jay Sternberger involved. Alan Lazard takes that step forward. Devin Funches turns into a useful player for this team. He wants to give this team every advantage to go be that. And I think it's the smart thing to do. Focus on the classroom. Make sure everyone understands and is on the same page. You want to set the tone. This is about... Matt LaFleur saying, we are going to continue to be us. We're going to continue to set the standard for ourselves every day, even in quarantine, because when the season opens, it could be atypical then too. So you have to be prepared. If you're not going to be able to use the energy of the crowd, then you better be on your X's and O's. You better be on your preparation. You better be on your work. And you better be as as up to date as the guy next to you because – 
it's going to be even more important that you get those executions when you don't have crowd noise to help you against your opponent, when you don't have that energy. You have to be able to have your mind as sharp as possible under any circumstances, but even in atypical circumstances, so that the weirdness that could come from playing in, whether it's empty stadiums or practice facilities or any number of things that, that could be thrown at you, that part can't can't throw you off your game because you have to be so locked in on what you're doing and, and it has to be something that you don't think about. It's got to be second nature. So I think Matt is smart to view it this way and to say, look, we're going to keep working. I'm, I'm working. You're working. You know, millions of people around the country are still working. So why would NFL players not? It's not taxing on their body. We're talking about classroom work. There are millions of kids still learning. So why would the NFL be any different? I don't understand why this would even be a question. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow and talking about all kinds of different things because we're going to take your questions. I know you have a lot of them, and then uh, we will we will try and answer as many of them as we can get through. We might even do a second show if we if we have to because a lot of you have been have been sending in questions, comments. Um, suggestions, a lot of different things for the Packers. So we're going to get to all of that. And we're going to have more of these rookie orientation series. They won't all be like this. Uh, we, we had a lot of conversation about Jordan Love, obviously. So, you know, Gutekunst has asked a lot of questions. So has Matt LaFleur. You know, we don't have nearly as much to talk about when it comes to some of these offensive linemen or, you know, even Josiah DeGuara. So we can talk a little bit more about the, the, evalu- the evaluation side, the traits, Uh, and and dig into it from that standpoint. What is it going to look like with them on the field? That's stuff that we can get into as we go down the line. And eventually we're going to transition down to three shows a week. Um, And and pretty soon here, um, I'm going to be having a child. Well, my wife is going to be having a child, but I'll be there. And then I will continue to be there after uh, as as the father. That is my role. And uh, so that means we're going to take a little break Um, TBD on the length of that break. My hope is to get in some of these rookie orientations recorded now so that I can put them out while I'm taking my mini paternity leave here and we can get back to talking about sports and the Packers as soon as possible. Hopefully we have sports to talk about. That would be great. But I I just wanted to give everyone a heads up that 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 is going to be happening in the offseason. We would normally transition down to, to, you know, three shows a week and we will do that coming up here in in a week or so. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to keep pumping out content as best we can. So stay up to date. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.